Blog Talk Radio. And we are here. What's going on, everybody? That's all right. We are not here. We are not here on Facebook Live yet, but today is Friday, December 8th, 2017. Thank you for listening on Blog Talk Radio, and welcome to Truth It in the AM. It is your boy Truth It here to address it in all things when it's time to, and it's time to. And by my side, I have the one, the only, too real to be phony. Trooper Joe is in the building. Troop, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing much better than the last time we were together. Yeah, getting over this this flu. I think it's the chikungunya or or, or the grip or some kind of Asian flu or something. One of those killer flus that have epidemics going around the planet, you know. I think that's what I'm getting over right now. Mm-hmm. I think my presence have actually killed several thousand people. But don't worry on me, folks. I'll be all right. I can handle this. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> but thanks for the love. That's right. Um, I like that love. Makes me feel strong. So we have a lot we need to talk about today, Truth, on yeah. the show. We uh, just got to watching a disturbing oh. video. Um, they call it corporal punishment. I call it madness. Um, that man had to hit, have hit, this man in Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, I'm sorry, mm. lashed his daughter, his daughter uh, with a belt and then shaved her head. The shaving of the head is uh, disturbing enough mm. because she shaved her bald. But he also beat her with a belt at least 50 times. 50 times at least. Um, kept yelling at her to move her hands like, duh, I'm just going to let you keep hitting me. Oh, that was very disturbing. I thought it was disturbing. I think this man needs to get beat with a belt and stoned. He probably got beat with a belt himself when he was younger. That's probably why he thinks it's okay. I used to get beat with a belt. He probably does. There's probably some reason why he thinks it's okay, but it's like that doesn't make it okay. Nope. In today's society, we don't do that. We much more. Which was we're not. We can't, we can't. We just don't conform to the words everybody slings around all the time. But we do know the difference between right and wrong. Punishment right. on that level like that wasn't right. Nope. And and hopefully he's being punished himself for that. That wasn't right. And his wife or whoever else was taking the picture. I hope they're getting punished pretty nicely too for that. And I hope the child has been put in a place where she can she can get some help. There's going to be some some scars left from that there, and that's that's just that is disturbing. People, I don't know why people are so so miserable about themselves, their own existence. That it, it, they just seek these things out. I guess he has been on what 
Snapchat or something? Yep. She, uh, so the reason why she got the beating that she got from her father was because she downloaded the social media app called Snapchat where you record quick little clips videos and then you share the videos with your friends. You can send them either personally to like one person or you can send it to a group of people so everybody can see what you're doing. And um, it's what she was doing. I guess he didn't want her using social media. He thought she was too young to use social media because as he was beating her, he kept yelling, you want to be grown? You want to be grown? This is what happens when you're grown. And then proceeded to beat her. That's not That's not. It's like, you're the father. Why'd you buy the equipment? Right. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, she's about 14, 50. Maybe she had a little job. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, all you need is a cell phone. If you have a cell phone, you can get Snapchat. You don't need any other anything else. Well, it's it's an app on your cell phone. So maybe she had the cell phone because she had to uh, respond or while her father and mother were working, they could call her and see how things are going. Who knows? Either way, that was yeah. really unnecessary. That was beyond unnecessary. That was criminal. Mm-hmm. And the person should be brought up on charges, and those char- the kids should not be allowed in the house. If there's any other kids in the house, they need to be taken <clears> in. <throat> then there need to be a follow-up with serious therapy, not this pseudo-therapy that they have out here now that people run to just because they want to join the herd of miserables. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm serious, serious counseling and stuff. And then maybe in a few years, they can reunite with the child. I, I was just a child. Move on. Stop making your own life and stuff. There's people out there that probably can help you. You can you can get some. I don't know what 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 they do or where they do, but it got to be better than getting beat like a, like a like a wolf or a stray animal, and and then get your head shaved like you're getting ready to be filleted open for dinner. Right, it's just nuts. You would think that. In today's climate, parents would know better. Like for me, I know better. I know that if I beat my kids like that, I'm going to jail. You would think they would know better. But the father, not only did he beat her, not only did he shave her head, not only did he record it, but he put it on Facebook happily. Like, yeah, I'm the man. This is how you discipline your children. Yeah, he nuts. He boasted about it. Boasted about being able to beat a child, you know, and that's how some people are. They think that is that they are manly because they can beat somebody that's weaker than they are. Yep. Uh, Alex Harrison, which is his name, thirty years old, uh, proudly shared the video on Facebook and Snapchat earlier this week before being arrested at his home in Faraday, Louisiana. Oh, he used Snapchat. Yep. At the beginning of the foot, she said she want to be grown. She getting her blank whooped and her hair bald. School is for work, not effing Snapchat. She ain't got no business with no snap anyway. Stay tuned. He identified the girl as a ninth grader. Children in that grade are 14 or 15. Throughout the footage, she is wearing a Disciple Me t-shirt. The video, which was shot by someone else, then cut to Harrison shouting at the girl as she wept into her hands, her hair already shaved off. 
In another frame, he is seen standing over her in a red T-shirt. She lay on the edge of the couch at his command. He whipped her with the belt several times, ignoring her agonizing screams and telling her to move her hands and feet, which used to try to block the blows. The beating lasted a minute and a half and included 50 strikes. Throughout it, Harrison can be sure heard shouting, you want to be grown. He also insulted the girl's personal hygiene and said she did not know how to change her tampon. Um, he's in jail. So that's good. He, he, got, he got issues. He got issues. And, and the reporting on this has issues, too. Yep. Is it, you know, it, the, the crime here is that this child was brutalized by, by somebody that they would have trusted and loved and all that, and, and it's brutalized. There's a lot of trauma to be, to be seen. Just by highlighting the number of strikes that was given, you know, and, and highlighting the, 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 the personal hygiene habits of the child and stuff, it's unnecessary, unnecessary. Because yep. it, it doesn't, for me anyways, it doesn't add or subtract from the severity of the beating person needs to be in jail and then it needs to be counseled the kids need to be counseled person taking the taking the thing they need to be locked up too they didn't they didn't intervene to try to stop this it, it's like this is something that really really needs to be addressed on a higher level not seek not something that could be given all these strenuous type of uh, comments about the, the the stuff like this it, that's just that's that didn't need to be put out there and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, a texter says he's upset she used social media, yet he used social media to post I about it. I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of brain matter going on here. The Greek seller seemed to be sleep a lot in that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's social media <laughs> there, Skippy. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> This is uh, a really uh, tough to deal with, but it's it is, and I don't think I don't think it's 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 all that unique either. Made the severity of it and the stup- and the way it was put out there on social media is bad. But I think that that people discipline their kids, and there's a lot of trouble from the way that they're disciplining their kids now too. Did yeah. you ever get disciplined like that? Like that? Yep. Nah, not like like that. I got beat all the time. I got disciplined pretty close to that. I mean, that might not have been 50 times, but that doesn't look out of the ordinary from no. when I used to get beat. No, I got hit with the belt. Yeah, that'd be yeah that's what he hit loud, with. A lot, lot of slaps. I get the lecture. Oh, hit me some more. Yeah. Instead of all this lecturing. Yeah, I got, I got that. And then got punished. Yeah. See, yeah. I didn't get punished, and I didn't get my head shaved, mm-hmm. but I certainly got the belt. Like yeah. I said, uh, Tuesday, belt, extension cord, whatever they could use, uh, or whatever was able to be used, a switch. Uh, I got it used for me. I used to get beat a lot. And I think that we came from a culture where beating was the form of discipline. Yeah, I get, you know, and some of the discipline, all the times I got beat, it was like, what am I getting beat for? Mm. (laughs) You know, I was always the innocent. You know, but that's okay. And the the punishments actually, as I look back on them, actually were good for Mm -hmm. me. You know, I got punished. So you get sent to the room. There ain't nothing in the room. You can't play with anything. You don't have anything. 
But right outside my room was, was the bookcase with the encyclopedia. So uh, when I got punished, I, I just grabbed the encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. And I would just thumb through the encyclopedia. So it was actually good for me. But today's punishment, you said the kid to their room, that's their cave. Yep. <laughs> Go in your cave and with all your fine toys and stuff. Yeah. And that's only for the parents, I think, too. I think I think that the um, computers and all the social, most of the social media up to a certain age should be in sight of the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, in the living area of the house. That's where it should be. Right. Yeah. Um, that was uh, wrong. He should be in jail, especially yeah. today. But he's down south. That's Louisiana. That's like the heart of down south. I'm not trying to say people in Louisiana are behind in the times. No, Worcester is. I don't know if Worcester's <laughs> really behind in the times. Not like that. Worcester is very current when it comes to social issues and I mean, we may be ahead of time when it comes to social issues and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, I was going to talk about that on a different show. I was going to break the way that the uh, United States is formed. Yeah. Not the New England area. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're all about merchandise and stuff and big mm-hmm. business and everything. We got Wall Street, New York. We got we got the borders and stuff with a lot of commerce coming in. Mm-hmm. Then you move further over, we have... We have still a lot of commerce and stuff because we got waterways and the train system. Then we get into farm area, mm. and the further south you go, to farm area it it gets into gets into more laborious type of um, mm-hmm. farming and stuff. It's not just farming you can do by a big old tractor and stuff. They they're harvesting things like crawdads and they're harvesting other type of other type of things down there. So right. <clears throat> The educational system, the educational level, isn't as button as it is in in New England. Right. You know, high school degree, high school <laughs> diploma in some families down there. Oh, yeah, he's the first to graduate from high school in the family. That's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard that in Texas a few times. And Texas is a big oil industry, and everybody was gravitating towards the oil fields. You know, so I mean, the, the country divided up not just different. By by time zones, but also by cultural zones too. So maybe he didn't know any better. He, he might not, have, you know. But still, everybody knows right from wrong. That kind of brutality wasn't wrong. But he might have been subject at himself, like you said, and that's why he needs counsel. But he need to be arrested <clears throat> because we can't make speculation that this is this is what happened. He just might have done that because that's what he do. Yep. Yeah. So, the question begs, does he really care about the girl? Because do I think my parents care about me and cared about me? Absolutely. Yeah. But I used to get beat. I used to the same way, on the couch or on the bed, hands up. Don't come, don't block your behind from getting beat with the belt. Oh. Don't block your behind from getting beat with the cord. Yes. I used to get beat like that. So, it's, I mean, it's tough in the, today's age to really look at it and think that that's the way it's supposed to be. But I used to get spanked like beat like that. So there you go. I get beat. Did I think that my, you know, I came from a single parent household. Did I think that my my that that I was the one that was heavily loved? No, <laughs> I was. Oh yeah, because I was the middle child. I had mm-hmm. an older brother. 
who the world shined on. I had a younger sister who was the most beautiful um, young girl in the world. And then and then you got this bag of bars heated in the middle, mm-hmm. and I'd be, oh, yeah. I, I, when I left for Vietnam, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. When I came back to get the keys to get it in the house, she, you know, she walked right by me. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know. Did she look? Of course she did. But, you know, I, I realized later on after I, returning back from places like that, I was always the one that was called upon when there was something, even when I was young, if there was something that needed to be addressed, and, and then they always called me. Mm. They wouldn't call anybody, even when I was young. Mm-hmm. Go get your brother Joe. You take care of it. Go get not just physical things, but any kind of thing like this here. You know, we, we need we need to raise money in the house to get oil and stuff like that. Joe Joe know how to handle it. Go get Joe. He'll help out and take it. No, Baco and Mona couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you? Uh, so, if there were video cameras back then. In your day when you used to get in trouble, uh, do you think your parents, you think your mother would have gotten uh, arrested if it would have been caught on video? No? Nah. Oh, man. My parents would have been in jail. Sure, they been yeah. say, oh, they would have been locked up. Nah. Nah, she wouldn't have got arrested for it. She might have. I mean, she hit me one with a knife. No. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, yeah. That, I think that might constitute. You know, but, you know, she knew what she was doing. <laughs> and you with a nice okay. I'll leave it alone. Yeah, she's all right. Father was a very saintly woman. Uh-huh. Actually, you know, when it came to it and stuff. And that's just you know, her form of discipline was beaten and lecture. Yeah. Lecture, lecture, lecture. <laughs> Make you oh, want the beating uh, sometimes. Give it to me. Yeah. But it was a different time. It was a happier time. I couldn't I I, I see kids now and I couldn't be a kid now. Sports. Mm-hmm. I'd be bored today. Even though when I was a kid, for my for my walk of life, I was mostly by myself all the time mm-hmm. because that's how I liked it, you know. And, and I wasn't bad; I was mischievous. Right. You know, lived in the project. You know, I put lighter fluid, put a little needle hole in light bulbs and stuff. And then with the light bulb go on at four o'clock, the lighter fluid heat up and blow up. Yeah, I would have beat you. Too. I would have my kids did that. They would have got beat too. I was, I was just on the, you know, catch bees and put them in the elevator. Catch bees and put them in the elevator. Oh yeah, if you live in a seven-story building. You go, you just catch all the bees in mm-hmm. the yard. You know, you go catch them like this, mm-hmm. here, catch them like that, and then you go let them all out in the elevator. <laughs> a lot of fun. Oh, man. All right, let's stop. So my beaters were justified. Yes, they were. Ju- oh, I'm not saying mine weren't justified. My parents definitely had good reason to want to beat the devil out of me because sometimes they probably thought I was possessed with stuff. Yeah. I used to get in trouble so much. Yeah. But uh, so let's change. Let's switch gears uh, for a minute. Um, replica of missing World War II veterans monument to Worcester citizens of color. Dedicated at Lincoln Square. After a decades-long effort, members of the African-American community were pleased Thursday, 26th, the 76th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor to see a newly dedicated monument to their friends and family who served in World War II. The memorial erected in Lincoln Square at Lincoln and Belmont Streets 
Across from the police headquarters is a replication of the colored citizens of Worcester Honorable that local African-American communities put up December 5th, 1943 on nearby land donated by Belmont AME Zion Church. The original memorial has been missing since 1959 when the state removed it to make way for construction of Interstate 290 with a promise it be returned. About 80 other memorials that were also removed for the project that tore through the predominantly African-American community were returned. The rededication ceremony and the unveiling of the new memorial is the culmination of at least four decades of efforts by members of the community and city officials to locate the original memorial and later to get a new one constructed. The Central Massachusetts uh, AFL-CIO raised 15000 for the replicated memorial, which was designed and constructed by students at Worcester Technical High School. City manager at Augustus, leading advocate for the new memorial, said it was a way for the city to uphold its solemn duty to remember the sacrifice and struggles of the city's soldiers of color and to honor and preserve their memory. After 58 years, we are proud to see the honor roll erected here at Lincoln Square to remind us daily of our history. This dedication is not just about World War II. It's about Worcester, and it's about our citizens, he told a crowd of more than 150 who turned out for the rededication. Local activist William Coleman III, who spearheaded the project, well, said he began... Said he'd been trying to find the original memorial after someone from Worcester contacted the U.S. Senator Edward W. Brooke in 1976. Mr. Coleman, an aide for the senator, was asked to speak with the city officials at the time to try to locate the monument. What are your thoughts, True? My thoughts, this was definitely a nice little, little, I got a lot of mixed thoughts on this here. The memorial, I can't take anything away from the memorial dedication. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that, 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 you know, the blacks of Worcester, the, uh, the colors that whatever they wanted at that time were called and stuff, the blacks of Worcester mm-hmm. fought in, in World War Two and stuff. Really fought in World War Two. See, these are the, the things that don't come out like this here. They Really fought in World War Two. They went to they went to war for the country that they that they themselves loved, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 they went for the for for those reasons for family and friends, home and stuff. So that that's all powerful and they need to be recognized and everything. But to make it sound like a great effort, to, just because there was the, the plaque was missing. And because the plaque was missing, there was an injustice done to the black community, and black community was was torn apart by by um, a, a, a road 290. That that's what I'm hearing from this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they had the political people come out there and 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 give their little speeches. We know politicians like to give their little speeches. Mm-hmm. That's what they like to do. You know, they they like to come out and they like to talk. And talk and talk and talk and talk. And so Ed Augustus coming out and saying whatever he says, nothing against Ed Augustus coming out was saying whatever he says, but take for what it's worth. He's the politician coming out saying whatever it says. Mm-hmm. The mention of Bill Coleman, who actually did <clears throat> most of the work doing all these things, getting mm-hmm. all these people together, 
doing all those things. She's mentioned what in the fourth column or mm-hmm. something like that. It's like way down at the end. He's the black face in there. Yep. You know, he's the black face that was in there. Not the the church. Not 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 whoever was in the audience. Some people in the audience, hundred and fifty people, they were mostly made up white faces. Yep. You know, and and that's all right. To give credit to give honor to the black soldiers and everything, you can never take away any of that for like that there, but but you know, there's always for me that there's that big giant giant butt that's involved in this here. It it it's a great honor for those people. You'll never know about it because they're gone on to glory. And hopefully that some of the people in the black communities can take a little time to just think about the sacrifices that were made on their behalf by many, many people, you know, through the, through the development of this country, not just World War II. You know, a lot of blacks, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I fought in Vietnam, you know. I, yeah, be, oh, they always say, thanks for your service. I was a 19, 20-year-old kid. <laughs> you know, I had no no fear of death, no fear of anything. I was a highly trained individual, 19, 20 years old, walking around with more armament if I wanted it, doing things that just made me feel good and had a curiosity that was beyond, beyond reach. Now, I didn't do it for any glories or any of those things like that there. No, that didn't enter into anything that I, why I went to the assignment there because I was nosed. <laughs> okay. That's so, just me, but and one more thing I'll say real quick. Mm-hmm. The other thing the, the other thing I want to say is that even before World War Two, World War One, the um you know, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, War eighteen twelve all those wars like that, they were always black Americans fighting for the freedoms in this country. Mm-hmm. This country was not solely developed and fought for and bloodshed by just one race of people. And it ain't even one race. It's, it, it's, it, there's no de- definition for a race by one color of skin of people. You know, the, the people who fought and died for this country were Americans, all of them. No matter how they got here, what kind of problems they had while they were here, what kind of when when the when when the stuff hit the fan, they rose up as one people, just like on nine eleven. When the stuff hit the fan, the flags went up. They didn't go. You didn't go. Some people might have went around and counted the number of houses by different different colored people and stuff like that. But no came together as one class of people, American. And that's what the people really did back in those days. They really came together for for one class of people. And it was on December seventh, kind of a little irony there, for for um for the dedication of this black. You know, I don't know why they chose Pearl Harbor Day, but Pearl Harbor Day within itself was maybe because they thought it was a representation. It was the actual entrance of America into the Second World War, you know. And and they didn't, I don't know if they mentioned Dory Miller, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's like there's so so much that that about the history of African Americans in the military. And and their military, the military sacrifices, engagements, <clears throat> honor, all kinds of stuff that's out there and stuff. Oh yeah, okay. 
I'll pat myself. Go to the Buffalo Soldier National Museum, which I was happily one of the people involved with down in Houston, Texas, and you can learn all about this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So there's a couple things. We had a discussion yesterday. Oh, no, not yesterday. On Tuesday. About the significance of this thing. Yeah. And I was almost talked out of thinking that this was of any significance. Yeah. Almost talked out of thinking that there was any importance to this. Mm. Oh, so let me start here. You went into the Army when you were 19 and 20. Yeah. And because you wanted to see the world. Yeah. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Totally. You still did something that millions of people were too afraid to do, did not want to do, and were, did not have the backbone to do, and that go and fight for our country. And yeah. for that, you are still a hero. For that, you still get the accolades of thank you for your service. No matter what your heart was behind it, you still did it. Moses didn't want to go ahead and free the Jew. He couldn't even, he, he, the first thing he said to God was, I can't even talk. Yeah. He tried to talk himself out of it. He was a reluctant. Just because you you you're hard, you wake up and rip your shirt open and revealed an S doesn't mean that you're not a hero when you do something. Now, about this honor roll plaque, when I drive by and see this and I see citizens of color honor roll, it's going to make me feel proud as a black person. Look at what my black people did. And it should. That's the, that that. Powerful. That's huge. That's powerful. That 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 should ignite some kind of pride within the black people. Yes. Of this, yeah, especially in Worcester. Yes. You no, know? I mean, far as I can see, Worcester and every is like there's a lot of people in Worcester that don't even understand Worcester. Right. Worcester was like a haven for black people. Yeah. People would escape from down south, come up, come up to New England. And and there was one part of the people that would go over to New Bedford, Fall River, Cape and everything, mm-hmm. and sign on whaling ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when they made money and everything, they'd go to Worcester. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this, this kind of thing happened and stuff, but that's what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they settled in Worcester, and they made Worcester their home and stuff like that. That was then, mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day, right. you know. And 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 now, you know, today the African Americans in Worcester getting chased out. Right. So to put something in there that's going to give them a sense of pride and a sense of belonging, because this is the inclusion of the sense of belonging is what it it, it you know, the history's there. Yeah. But the people don't feel included, so they they it's like ah oh, this don't mean anything. Right. Yeah. And and that's 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 um. That's too bad. I hope it does spark some interest in the people looking into their own background when they look at even the holidays if they see their grandfather or something like that and say, you know what, you know, were you in were you in the war? And if he says no, that's all right. What what did you do when you was a young person? And they they listen to the stories that they have to tell them and stuff. You know, we 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 don't simply have to be a written historical society. We could still be society to get their history through stories, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the books are there. But most of the books and most of the 
that type of stuff is is so make believe that it's not even you can't tell whether it's real or not. Right. You know? So when people and I'm not a hero, except for all the medals I have. <laughs> uh, sounds like one to me. When we had uh, so when we were having that discussion, there was someone having the discussion with us that was saying it does nothing for the community, it does nothing for the poor, it does nothing. Sometimes, sim- no, it was Mike. Sometimes right. giving a, having a semblance, a, a semblance of pride, sometimes showing, look at the great things your people has done. Exactly. It helps spearhead someone to get up one day and want to do something, whether it be right. serving the army themselves or uh, do things to help their community to make their community better. But like you said, seeing something like that, citizens in color, uh, history in Worcester, right will make you see, will make you say to yourself, you belong here. Yeah. Your people have done a lot for this city. You belong. Yeah, they, got, they, they, they got Douglas reading and stuff. Douglas was here. Yep. It was just like he met with John Brown in Worcester talking about Hoppus Ferry and stuff. Mm-hmm. People don't know that. Nope. You know, it's like there's so much of African American out there. Not just here, but in other places too. And, yep. and you know, that's a shame. Yep. That's a shame. Cause like I said, it doesn't have to be written down so you can read it. You know, you. You can't get the history from the dead now without reading it. But you can still get some of that history from their offspring. Yeah. What was Great Gramps like? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he you you know, if if my grandchildren asked me what my grandfather was like, I could tell. Mm-hmm. You know? And I should tell. And and then they don't have to go write it down and give me a paperback on it, but they hear it. Yeah. And that, that generates, a, a, I believe, a sense of pride in it. You know? But it's a two-way street, too. Yeah. The, 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 the old generation has to not feel as though they're afraid to talk about what they did, you know, what, what their time was when, when they were the younger generation and stuff like that. And the younger generation, they need to hear the stories and just have a good time interacting with, with their with their kinship in that level. And mm-hmm. this is this is great. Not just looking at the pictures on Facebook or making it oh look how I made all the pictures into a video for the T V. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean just sitting down there hearing the stories. You know, you know, when I was your age, we we used to have railroad track and we had to they had the little wild berries down there. We used to go pick the berries and stuff. They would yep. sneak into this yard and get the apples off the tree and then they got the grapes over here and we make a circle of, of fruit and stuff. And we get yelled at when we got home, but it seemed like that fruit always got dispersed around. <laughs> they got ate by everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, those are all, they're kind of fun stories and stuff, like, but they're still stories that won't take place in today's, today for today's kids. No. Nope. And and then they they can have a sense of pride about yeah my great great grandfather was just like me, yeah. Right. And I think that that's what the plaque can do and bring pride to it. And the way it was put out there, like that, you know, the politicians got out there and did their political thing, and then that's what they do. Yeah, that's respect. So I don't know. I, I like I said. I think 
it's a powerful thing. I think it was a great thing. I mean, I was when we were talking about it, and it was like, oh, this does nothing. This is nothing for the, you know, it does nothing for black. I was like, almost okay. I understand now. Now that I've seen it, and I've seen the plaque, and I've seen the presentation. No, man, it's it it does a lot for the uh, powerful. Yep. Recognition is powerful. Yep, it is. And 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 then imitation is even more powerful. You, you know, if the children can imitate, I want I want to be like great gramps. Yep. You no, know? he was all right. Because yeah. if one thing we know, these millennials, they are not going to war, boy. They no, are. they're not going anywhere. Nope. They want everything handed to them, and that they're, they're a funny lot for me. You know, because it's not my generation that I'm looking at the the millennials, and they'll tell you right in their face. No, I want this given to me. Mm-hmm. I okay. deserve. Yeah, I deserve. I, you know, it's like this is what they say. Yeah, and this is how they feel. It's like I, I don't understand how that feeling. Where, where, where's your sense of of adventure? You know, where's your sense of wanting to do something? And where you want to strive to to make things? You don't. You just want to give it to you. Yeah. Oh, there's something for socialism. Yeah, why would should we be afraid of socialism? Right. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, kudos to Bill Coleman for yeah. his hard work to get it done. And I'm glad everybody else who, who got on board and agreed to allow it to happen, allowed it to happen. Uh, thank you, city officials, for allowing it to happen. Yeah, I, I give big shout-outs to Bill Coleman for all the work he done and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, yeah, I could point to stuff that I would have... He could have done a little bit better, but that's what people do, right? Yeah, you know, and but for the politicians and stuff like that, I know that they, everybody, I know personally that they was going to do something like that. That happened when I, I was one of the I made Vietnam veterans. That's right, folks. Vietnam veterans mm-hmm. post number <laughs> one in the United States of America in Jamaica Plain in a five room where it started called Tommy John's in Hyde Square. Several of us got together and we worked hard and everything and we got the first charter for Vietnam veterans. Mm. Post number one had a parade with jets flying down Center Street, had motorcycles all this here, got to the other end of Center Street, set up for all the dedication. We didn't get to speak for about two hours because all the politicians were there. John Kerry, all these politicians just swapped right in there. Yep. And Cole Beer gave us so much beer. By the time that we got to speak, we were too drunk to talk. <laughs> it was it was a great day, folks. But the politicians just showed up and dominated the whole thing. And they did absolutely nothing to develop Vietnam veterans post number one. Just the same like with Bill Coleman. Mm-hmm. They all showed up at the end. Yep. But after at, the work was at, done. Yeah, after the work was done. And that's what politicians do. Yep. <laughs> all right. So thank Bill Coleman. Thank yeah, you, Bill. City, for uh, allowing this to continue. And, you know, I hope you guys have some pride, all my black people, when you drive by and yes. see that. Have some pride. Yeah. Some self pride in some of the things that you're. Yeah. Poor fathers have done for and this stop, country. And stop all that whining. Yeah. It's like not inclusive. Yeah. What inclusive? You're not inclusive. You're what's wrong with that? 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you 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 complain about we all we the slavery and all. Yeah, the, my ancestors were slaves, not forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> before we go to break, we got one more story we're going to cover before we go to break, and then when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the reason why I'm still winning bet of how we're going to go to war uh, with uh, North Korea first before Israel. Israel's not going to war. It's not going to be a war. Nope, it's not. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. It's a world war. Nope, it's not. Hey. Gonna, Israel's not. I, I just realized. No. no war. Uh, Michael Slager sentenced to 20 years in the shooting death of Walter Scott. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Michael Slager, do you remember the video troop where the black guy in the light blue T-shirt was running away yeah. and the officer had a gun aimed and just shot about eight times and, yeah. in the back and killed him? Mm-hmm. Well, that was in 2015. Yeah. It took almost three years to finally convict this man but he has run out of time. A former white South Carolina officer was sentenced to 20 years in prison on Thursday for fatal shooting. An unarmed black motorist in the back in 2015, wrapping up a case that became a rallying cry for the Black Lives Matter movement. Attorneys for ex-North Charleston officer Michael Slager said that he shot 50-year-old Walter Scott in self-defense after the two shots and Scott reached for Slager's stun gun. They said race didn't play any role in the shooting and Slager Slager never had any racial animus towards minorities. Still, Slager pled guilty or pleaded guilty in federal court to violating Scott's civil rights as a part of the plea agreement reached in May. Prosecutors dropped state murder charges. A year ago, a state judge declared a mistrial when jurors were deadlocked. This is a tragedy that shouldn't have happened, U.S. District Judge David Norton said. A bystander recorded the shooting on a cell phone, and it was shared around the world, setting off protests across the U.S. as demonstrators said it was another egregious example of police officers mistreating African Americans. Scott's family testified before the sentence, and said they have forgiven Slager. I'm not angry at you, Michael. Michael, I forgive you. And Michael, I do pray for you now and for your family because we've gone through a traumatic time, he said. The shooting angered local African Americans who complained for years that North Charleston police harassed blacks, pulling them over or questioning them unnecessarily as they cracked down on crime. The Scott family successfully pled, pleaded for calm asking everyone to let the justice system run its course. And run its course, the justice system did. This man, who should be stoned to death, he should be stoned. will now go to jail for 20 years. Eddie, I mean, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, you know, to 20 years. It sounds, sounds good. It sounds like justice and everything. Yep. And that's that's what it is. Justice is such a... a, a, a Subjective. It's subjective, yes. Mm-hmm. What is justice, you know? You know, justice for this person is this, and justice for these people is this on the same issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he needs to be this. It's a shame somebody lost their life, and and this guy, he, did he have any kind of malice towards black people? Uh, obviously he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like, yeah, this, this guy, he was taken up by 
whatever took him up long before he became a police officer. He should have never reached the ranks of the police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, doing those type of things like that. It's like yeah, he, he would have got away with it if it hadn't have been filmed by somebody else. You know, and and that that's a good thing that he didn't get away with it. The bad thing, somebody died. But the good thing is that justice has been served. Mm-hmm. He's going away to jail. Hope there's no real p- parole for this or time spent or any of these things, like any kind of uh, um, extenuating circumstances that lessen his, his, his stay in jail. I hope he stays in jail for 20 years and stuff. And I'm not wishing him to be mistreated in jail by people and stuff, but I hope he gets to feel, gets time to reflect on the things that, that he did and get some <coughs> real help about, you know, the, <clears throat> the people in this world are people, no matter what you, you want to have in your head about what they are or what they should be. These are people just like you. Yep. And your your abuse of power and stuff cost a man his life, and now you got to pay the price. That, that, I mean, that, that's justice, sir. Yep. Uh, he was recommended by the district attorney to get 10 to 13 years, yes. but the judge gave him 20. As it the judge be. was not bound by the, uh, yes. the recommendation, as it is with every uh, case. As it should. And, and we still need to look at the police department out there, and we still need to have some civilian type of interaction within the police departments out there at a much bigger level because people like that do get in. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 people people are still just people. Though that lady cop who, who killed the guy against the car. Yeah. You know, they got the husband up in the helicopter yelling at her and stuff like this. Noise all over the place. Ninety decibels of noise ignites a fear factor within you. So within that fear factor, you don't know what's going on because you've gained an ability of 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 wanting on 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 a hormonal kind of release of adrenaline <clears throat> stuff to make you stronger and meaner but you've lost an, an ability of reasoning mm-hmm. you know so she should have never been a cop yep. in a situation like that she couldn't handle that, a situation of that much chaos and so she slipped through the tracks too yeah the other guy who shot the the guy who who just said you know, he told him right there in the car, I'm reaching for, I have a gun, I have a license, I'm reaching for my license. He shouldn't even have been having, he shouldn't have been a cop. I mean, I don't know how that guy got to be a cop. Right. He panicked all over the place, you know. He um, saw a black guy, he heard about gun, and that was it. He didn't know yep. what was going on. Yep. <laughs> uh, they slipped through the cracks, and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and these are the three incidents right? mm-hmm. and that's what happened with these incidents because they had no business being there in the first place and I think that we have to have a better way of of, of, of controlling who gets to be a police officer and when you get to be a police officer realizing that your job isn't to go out there and pass judgment on people your job is to go out there and protect and serve the populace of the United States of America yep. that's your job so what uh, made it worse for Michael Slager was he charged that Walter Scott had tried to go for a stun gun yeah, he, lied. he lied after he shot Walter Scott he walked over to him and dropped his stun gun next to the body of Walter Scott. Yeah. So uh, he that also added to his uh, sentencing and 
which made his crime even more uh, troublesome. He, he lied. He knew he lied. He said, I got to back this up, so I got to do it. It's like, turn the TV off, folks. Yep. <laughs> turn, this ain't a TV. I think I saw the same scene in, in, in Magnum, Magnum Force or something where Clint Eastwood, mm. when the, the cops were going around killing all the bad guys and planting the false information around. It's not a movie, folks. These are real live people, individuals. There's no rewind button. Mm-hmm. You, you know, somebody dies, they're dead. Yep. They're dead. Yeah, and and our, our, if we just stay in a place after that, we just complain and we want justice. We want this, that, and the other thing. And we don't want to have a solution to make change. You've done nothing. Nope. You've done nothing. You brought attention to it, so you've done a little. But you've actually done nothing. Well, uh, Michael Slager is 36 years old. He will be getting out when he's around 56. Yeah. That's uh, uh, he. His life will has changed and will be changed it, forever. It totally will change, and uh, he's going into an environment where his mindset about people in jail. <laughs> he still he may still think that they're the bad people. And he's a good person. Yep. Yeah, and it's like <clears> okay. <throat> You ain't in there with all your other people, and you ain't got a gun on neither. Yep. Tukey. A texter, a thinker, says some people will still side with the police no matter how much evidence is against them. Uh, Another texter says, I definitely don't side with the police, and my husband was a 25-year veteran and a good cop. Wrong is wrong. And this man was definitely wrong, and his sentence was right. Thank you, Marie D., uh, for that comment. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And and that's how it is. There's no sides to take. The police are your neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're people just like you. They go to the same grocery stores as you do. They go to the barber shops. They go they they go every place that you go, the movies. <clears> they <throat> They do all the things that you do. Their people. It's their job that that's so overpowering for some people's mentality. Some people ain't meant to walk around with a Batman belt on full of guns. Nope. You know, it it's just not meant for them. Nope. And and, and those people need not to be given the opportunities to be able to be policed. There should be a civilian overwatch board that looks at the the the, the hiring and stuff like this. You know, I mean, just to be a, a a a McDonald's a McDonald's waiter, if you got a Corey, I understand that you don't get the job. Nope. Because you're working with the public. Yeah. And this might be for something you did as a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. And now you you say, man, I can't find a job. I'm gonna work at McDonald's or something. I'm 26 years old now. I wanna make a change in my life. I gotta make some money to go to school. <coughs> Corey said, oh, 12 years old. You don't get the job. Nope. You don't. And and if we can do that to McDonald's. Why can't we do that to the hiring of police officers? I don't know. Another texter said a good cop can still make bad mistake. Yeah. And a, and a texter said, yeah, but this isn't a case of a good cop yeah. making a no, bad mistake. A this bad, is a good. No. This is a good cop having a terrible day, and he's going to pay for twenty years for the terrible yeah, day to the end. Should. Uh, another text says, and when we have good cops covering for bad cops, they are no longer good cops. 
Yeah. A lot of text today. Yeah, like I said, it, it's 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 they're neighbors. It's not a club. You know, oh yeah, you got to stay. You know, we got that mentality that well, you're in this club because you're you're part of our <clears> organization. <throat> now you're part of a use the word family. Mm-hmm. You're part of our family, so we as family we have to bond and stick together. No, you're a damn murderer. <laughs> I'm bonding mm-hmm. with you. Right. You're, you're you're wrong, and that's what we should look at. You should be the individual first. You know, right from wrong, do it. Yep. Yeah, and that's our hardest problem now. We don't we 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 don't want to identify right from wrong. Right. We want to identify pleasure from emotion, and we want to identify we want from we got to go and get. Mm-hmm. It's it's a sad world out there. It is, and uh, unfortunately, but that's changing. It is changing, uh, and uh, kind of scared of how it's changing. Hey. It ain't all. It ain't all necessarily changing for the better. I tell you that much. I think that that uh, you know it's it's it, it's going to take a uh, a lot longer. But I think the racial issue <clears throat> is going to go away because it bores me. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's going away. Yeah, I think that it's it, it's it's people really coming <clears throat> to find out stuff, or at least think within themselves. You know. I want to be somebody when I in this world. I want to leave a legacy in this world that says I was here. They talk this carbon footprint about they want to leave stuff, but they don't act on it. If the only thing you want to leave in this world was I was a victim, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you know that's pretty easy. Well, is uh, I don't know about racism uh, being gone completely, but I definitely for a fact. Racism has taken a step back. It, it is has. not mainstream like it used to be no. even a year ago. Now it's all about women's rights, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment. Racism has gotten kicked out of the door. <laughs> yeah, you ain't the big dog no more. Even though Joanna Lucas' song, I'm Not a Racist, is still being talked about, <laughs> causing tense conversations around the country. Of course it is, because it's nonsense. <laughs> well, we, well put together, well scripted, and well acted out, but it's nonsense. It's just a whole lot of, of cliches and stereotypes all meshed together with jibating body movements. In its first week online, <laughs> it's garnered 11,300,000 views. There you go. 11 million views. I'm glad for the guy. He did. Yep. They put energy into that. They yep. worked it and stuff like that. But it's garbage. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break and we'll be back on Truth in the AM. Yeah. Are you a manufacturer, dealer, or distributor in the following industries? Agricultural equipment, material handling, construction machinery, power generation. Commercial and retread tires, transport refrigeration, marine, heavy trucks, automobile, temperature control, utility vehicles, maintenance and repair, or something else, then Curry Management is for you. Distribution analysis, dealerization, and dealer distributor development are the top three services provided to manufacturers. We at Curry Management provide this along with the best practices groups, profit improvement workshops, merger and acquisitions, business valuations, and leadership management development to dealers and distributors. Do you own a closely held private company? 
We at Curry Management provide business continuation services, succession planning, leadership development, and other staff-related management training. Curry Management pride themselves in always being ready to assist manufacturers, dealers, and distributors with today's business challenges. Help yourself. Connect with Curry Management. www.currymanagement.com, 292 Lincoln Street in Worcester, 508-752-9229. Have you recently been in an accident? Did you back into another vehicle? Hit a shopping carriage in a parking lot? Or is your car in need of general repair? If your answer is yes, then ENC Auto Body is the place for you. ENC Auto Body is Worcester's premier auto body shop. We have collision specialists and licensed appraisers on site, and we make sure that you receive the best service you can find. Results are always amazing, and we take pride in making your experience with us at ENC as painless as possible. Drop your car off and rest easy knowing that your car is in the best care. But be forewarned, your car may come out looking better than it did before your unfortunate situation. ENC Auto Body, we're here if you need us. Located at 16 DeMarco Terrace in Worcester. Call us at 508-799-0014 and 774-329-7334. Working with some of the best Thai chefs, Bator has brought her skills from Thailand and Israel to Worcester with basil and spice. Her desire to bring the taste of the homeland here is one of the reasons basil and spice was voted the best Thai restaurant in central Massachusetts. Their menu consists of the best tasting basil and chili, drunken noodle, steamed mussels, Seafood, basil pad thai, ginger chicken, and more. You can't go wrong with basil and spice. They offer catering as well. Being a master caterer, you can rest assured you'll be receiving the best full, self, and private catering events available. Basil and Spice stands by you receiving the incredible and authentic Thai dishes along with the best service at unbeatable prices. Accommodation to your needs is the key to success. You can also dine in at Basil and Spice, located at 299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Their relaxed atmosphere always provides the most comfortable setting for you to dine in. Do yourself a favor and head on over to Basil and Spice Thai Cuisine. You won't regret it. Basil and Spice, 774 317-9986 219-9986-299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Serve weekdays for those who want to dine in is Basil and Spice Lunch Specials. For $11.95, you have your choice of garlic pork, lemongrass chicken, pad king chicken, or spicy tofu and vegetables. All lunch specials include a salad and Thai rolls. Basil and Spice lunch specials are available Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Stop by and try out the lunch specials. Hey. 
Everybody loves Chinese food. I know I do, but what makes good eats for me are the crab rangoons. We searched high and low for fresh, natural, good-tasting food, and that's when we were fortunate enough to come across Shangri-La. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only are the crab rangoons fantastic, but everything I've ordered for them has been exquisite and flavorful. They have timely takeout orders, but if you want to eat there, you're in for one of the most beautiful dining areas, period. You can tell. They made every effort to create a clean, friendly environment. Trust me, you are guaranteed to have a great experience. Everyone is welcome to experience the best crab rangoon. And everything else in Shangri-La, Fairyland. Shangri-La, 50 Front Street, Worcester, 508-798-0888. Call and order some great Great food food now. Order online at ShangriLaRestaurant.net. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa what? Konnichiwa. That's hello in Japanese. Man, if you want to say hello to me in Japanese, you may as well take me to Seven Nana Japanese Steakhouse. They have an outstanding sushi cuisine. Right. They also have modern styles of classic dishes and the friendliest staff. They are a cornerstone of the Worcester community and have been recognized for the quality of service they provide. And you know, I like my food fresh. And they are locktail, my favorite along with everything else on the menu. You know what? I'm about to order online now. Hey, where are you going? I'm headed to Seven Nana Japanese right now. Seven Nana Japanese Steakhouse, 60 Shrewsbury Street, Worcester, 508-755-8888. www.sevennanajapanese.com Hi, this is Trooper Joe of Archangel of Return to Chivalry, where we move in character development back to an era when it was seen as a privilege to do the right thing and extend a friendly and helping hand along with a loving hug to everyone. You can catch my show on blogtalkradio.com slash Archangel of Return to Chivalry or on facebooklive.com slash Archangel Chivalry. Have that fun. Listen to Archangel of Return to Chivalry Wednesdays from 3 to 4. Hey, Troop. I'm tired of looking for decent coffee. It's always either burned or way too bitter, but I found the best coffee I ever had, period. A friend of mine brought me to Yowei Cafe, and the coffee was delicious, flavorful, and made right in front of me. Not only is the coffee great, but they have espressos, lattes, crepes, boba teas, smoothies, and froyo. Mmm, froyo. Take it from me, truth it, and make your way to Yowei. Yowei Cafe, 395 Park Ave, Worcester, 01610, or call 508-459-0611. A loyal customer like you deserves a sweet treat like Yowei. in the AM, and I am here with the one and the only, too real to be phony. Trooper Joe is in the building. In the building. 
And Trooper Joe, I am sorry, but I think I am right on this one. <laughs> you way off the bat. <laughs> Donald Trump made uh, de- de- declared Jerusalem or recognized Jerusalem as the uh, capital of Israel. That's right. And that's going to do nothing to cross. Oh the world. no, we're going to World War Three is on the move. Not because of that. All yeah, that no, all that's going to do recognizing that Israel is a uh, is that that Israel is a uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. All that's going to do is cause protests and the protests and the rock going and everything like that. No other real country. Oh, there's a lot of real countries. Nope, no, not not with an army to go to war with Israel. That Iran doesn't care. Uh, you know, Turkey's bent out of shape, but not enough to go to war. Turkey just says they're disappointed with Trump and they're going to cut ties. But nothing go. about yeah. But that's not saying we're going to go to war. There is nothing. There's not getting any warheads ready. There's not um, preparing for any type of real battles over this. What's going on in North Korea and Japan now getting long buying long range missiles? That says someone's getting ready for a fight. Nah, North Korea's just not they they'll they'll jump in at the end. I think that what Trump did, you know, Trump did what Trump said he was going to do first off. Mm-hmm. That that's why he did that. He said he was going to do that, and that's what he did. That was one of his campaign promises. So he he upheld his campaign promise. So that said, what happened here now? He made the capital. He gave us um, an approval stamp to to say the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. Yep, Jerusalem is also. From the Palestinian perspective, yep. the capital of Palestine. Yep. He didn't give them any recognition. Which isn't anything surprising or anything it, new. It doesn't matter, but that's big. Because now, if the capital of Israel is Jerusalem, that's great. Netanyahu, he's just a construction agent. Mm-hmm. He's going to start putting in there, no, we have to have housing and development because we're moving all the which they have mostly anyway, all the legal aspects, all the political aspects into Jerusalem. Okay. So we got to protect them. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Palestinians. You, I know you want to go over here to your little stuff over here and your little wall and all these things. You can't do it anymore because mm-hmm. we have to protect the capital of Israel. You didn't hear about it? So and that's where they go. Palestinians ain't gonna stand for this no more. But the Palestinians haven't been standing for things for years, and they, they no real wars. They, no, they've had several real wars. Battles, not wars. You know? They've had several skirmishes. Yeah, but not, not war. I'm not, talking about World War Three. Now III they got III. Jordan in game saying, "I ain't liking this." Yep. They got Syria. You got Iran. You got big old Russia in the background, back at all these guys like. This. They're not playing alone like they did before. Mm-hmm. They got a superpower behind them. The United States is behind Israel. Yeah. But England, France, Italy, all those countries, Germany, mm-hmm. they're not behind the United States anymore. They said that was a bad thing you did. I ain't playing that game. Okay. So they backed out of that game. Mm-hmm. So you got big old Russia over here, and, and they're backing all these people that don't like 
all the things that's going on with Israel. Russia cares about Israel? No, Russia cares about getting oil fields into the, all the water that's over mm-hmm. there. That's what Russia mm-hmm. cares about. Russia cares about making money. Okay. You know, it's a political year for Russia over there. They got Putin. Putin was planning to run again. Yeah, he's going to run again and get elected mm-hmm. because I don't think there's anybody foolish enough to run against him. Yep. Last guy, they, he just went and killed him on a bridge. <laughs> it's rough over there, mm-hmm. democracy. <laughs> yeah, so you got all these countries lining up over here that are got uh, heated battles and heated tensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the United States literally said, not that, it said, I'm 100% back in Israel. Yep. I don't care nothing about the Palestinians. That's just like saying to all these other people, and I don't care nothing about you either. U.S. backed Israel under George Bush. U.S. backed Israel under George Bush Sr. Uh-huh. Israel backed Bush. Uh, U.S. backed Israel under Ronald Reagan. But they didn't no dis. They didn't dis dis Palestinians altogether. He just dissed them. He just threw them under the bus. He just threw them away. Like we don't care nothing about you. Didn't uh, U.S. have a problem with Yasser Arafat before? Is he Palestinian? Yeah, this ain't the first time that the the U.S. has really acknowledged Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Right. The second this is what, time. Right. This is why I don't think there's going to be any war from it. They've I, already done this. I think I think there's going to be a war. I don't. I, I just because I thought there was going to be a war anyway. Is, Israel. I don't trust Israel. I know because there's all of you. Uh, what do you call you? Some seminary. So. Who? What they call you when you don't like Israel? Yeah. Oh, a uh, Semite. Uh, you're a Semite. Yeah. You know, they'll say something like that. It's like, no, I'm a heathen. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you want to call me and stuff. I don't, it ain't the people that I don't, I don't trust and stuff over there is Netanyahu. Because mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember. Even though everybody wants to put on this phony kind of, of, of thing about this. I remember the deal that Netanyahu made with the New York building contractor when they started developing all the lands over there in the first place. Nobody took it as serious. Now it's just coming to, to towards the end. <clears throat> He's mm-hmm. still developing all lands over there, making a fortune off of, off of all these settlements. That was 25 years ago when that started. Uh, a text that says war is war, no matter where it is or who started it. Yes, we agree that war is war, and uh, it, it doesn't matter who starts it. But, I just know. want to be right when I say <laughs> North Korea is going to be the one that started, not Jerusalem. Yeah, no, North Korea is just a, they're, they're like the little kid in, in the playground, you know. Mm-hmm. Now they got a big, you know, you, you see the little kid. Yeah, everybody's always seen the little guy like that. He got the gun sticking out his belt and stuff like that. He think he all tough. Back in the day, he had the switchblade. He could press the button and the knife come out, punch him in the face, and he runs away. Mm. You know, that's what North Korea is. Punch North Korea in the face and they run away. North Korea realizes that it's a death sentence if they were to do anything because they're playing from a bigger field. They're playing nuclear with no backup. The only backup they really have is China, and China saying, "I want all this fallout falling on my country." Mm-hmm. Like I don't care about them; I do business with them, but that's it. So you don't think that uh, North Korea is going to do anything? I don't think I. 
Yeah, I don't think that the generals in North Korea are dumb enough to to really to really go by what um, old Skippy likes to do. Mm. I think right now Skippy's posturing like a bear. He just he just showed off all his mighty new powers and stuff like that. I got nuclear weapons. I got missiles that can go this far. Doing all these things, she's all showing off and stuff. But to, and to put those two together and shoot it at the United States of America. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I don't think the generals in North Korea that had to go let that happen. Be a coup, right? Right, like that. And, and North Korea would no longer exist from the inside. Well, just in case anything does go down, Japan is getting prepared. They plan on buying missiles. They plan on buying missiles for a defense system and missiles for their F fighter jets that they are state of the art jets that they are planning on. Are using for their air defense systems next year. Yeah, that's all business. That's all big business and stuff like that. They're going to use it against. Standoff <laughs> missiles will ensure that Japan has credible response to attacks against its territory, which will help them deter these strikes in the first place. They no strikes happening. The, the missiles, a couple of the missiles went over Japan territory. Because that's where it's situated. Where are you going to shoot it? <laughs> right. So Japan, go around like that. Japan is saying they're not going to tolerate it anymore. The F-35 stealth fighter jets are going, are joining Japan Air Self-Defense Force fleet. They are getting ready for war. All right. Uh, one, Texas says one thing about war is pain, death, and loss. Yes, a lot of pain. A lot of death. Yes, I agree. The 1% wins. I don't think anybody wins. No, nope, nobody's winning any, whether it's Israel or Korea. Yeah. Nobody's winning. Yeah. We're, we're sitting moving. back here and, and we're, we're doing, we're, especially up in the Northeast and stuff like that. We're talking a lot mm-hmm. and we're fostering a lot ourselves about how big and bad we are and all these things. And, and we're really not threatened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the whole reason we could talk all kinds of talk like that. I'm sure every man in this in the country's had a, at least one incident in their life where somebody got in the face, you know, <clears throat> and they had to make a choice: do I want to hurt this person or just let them go? You know, we talk, 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 but we don't have to back it up. People say, "Yeah, we back it up with our military going into places like Afghanistan and all that." Stuff. Of course we go into places like Afghanistan. We have to go into places like Afghanistan. <clears throat> we're mm-hmm. situated. There's nothing else in there. We, if we're not in there, uh-huh. Russia's there. Uh-huh. Russia's all over that area. Yep. There's drugs there. There's oil all over that place. Like We have to have a presence in those places like that, or we, we don't have any seeing the income. Um. President Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu remarks in response to President Trump's statement Wednesday announcing he's recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's official capital city and starting the process of moving the U.S. Embassy there from Tel Aviv. This is a historic day, the Israel Prime Minister said. So it is rare to be able to speak of new and genuine milestones in the glorious history of this city. Yet today's pronouncement by President Trump is such an occasion. It is a step towards peace. No, not even close. <laughs> yeah, and they, they don't. 
not putting in, not all the people don't put in the things that, well, no, the Palestinians are just going to have to shut up. Yep. And then the Palestinians are just going to have to accept that now Jerusalem is the capital. It's like, because Trump said so? Yeah, well, he got all the, the big powers and stuff like that, and he's the one giving all this money to Israel and the Palestinians. And if he... The Palestinians don't do these things, then he won't get the money. He won't give them the money. It's all come down to negotiations over money. Mm. And and it all come down at the cost of lives. Yeah. I don't think we can really I, I really don't don't yeah, I saw it yesterday when I was I, I went to the gym. <clears throat> One of the guys nice guy, Middle Eastern girl. Nice little Middle Eastern girl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he a black guy wearing the dreadlocks and stuff like that. Nice guy, very nice. Both of them about the same age, both very nice person. She got one focus on her mind getting mm-hmm. through college. Yeah. He got one focus on his mind getting getting over to, to this little girl and stuff like that. He could not understand the difference in the culture and stuff like that. The Middle Eastern girl isn't going to go out with anybody that's not Middle Eastern. That's their culture. Mm-hmm. It's not even their culture by word. Mm-hmm. It's their culture by, you think that beating that that, that first little girl got? Was bad? Was bad. No, not this beating that this girl, what are you, what are you doing? You can't go out with that person. Mm-hmm. He's not of our faith. Yeah. He, yeah. That's how that culture is. They just seem to, they're here in America, be called America. So her focus is on the academics, is on these things like this, and on her structural culture. This poor guy didn't know that. Yeah. So he got his little itty-bitty feelings uh, when he went over and asked her out. Mm-hmm. She said no. <laughs> she said no for whatever reason, but I'm sure part of that reason no was because I'm not allowed to do that in my family mm-hmm. or in my culture. And there's <coughs> that that's that has a lot to say with what's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. The Palestinians and the rest of these people over in this Middle East, they have a culture that's rigid. Mm-hmm. <coughs> not like the American culture that's full of holes. Right. Another thing too, we don't uh, pay attention to how other cultures are in the world. We just think however things are in Worcester, that's just how it is everywhere. So then that's why when I saw that guy beating that girl, I was shocked. Yeah. It was like in Worcester, we don't beat our kids like that. You go to jail for things like that. But you know, in, in other parts of even the country, things are different. Exactly, things are totally different, and we should be more sensitive to other people's cultures. This country is not. Doesn't really have a culture that that's uniting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of wars, you know, a lot of mouth. We don't really have cultures. We don't have old time stories. We don't have any of those type of things like that mm-hmm. because we were capitalist shit. Right. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, it is eleven o'clock, which means oh. we came to the end of the road. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Truth in the AM as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, we will see you guys Tuesday for Voice of the Voiceless Tuesday. And uh, 
I'll holler. Yeah, that one. Have tell everybody to go and have that fun, and I hope that we don't get any snow. I don't want any yes, snow. No not even a flake. So no three inches. So no nothing. <laughs> All right. And if we do, oh well, I hope that the people have respect for the people who are doing the shoveling. These, and I'm talking directly at you, clowns and those mm-hmm. big, big snow plowing machines. Cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not ruin the roads, clowns. Yeah. All right. All right, go ahead. Up.